Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. All right, welcome to this very special episode. I'm so excited to bring you Kelsey Chapman. Kelsey Chapman is a dear friend of mine, and she is just an incredible dreamer. And I have to say, every time I leave a hangout with Kelsey, I am off to the races to work on a brand new project, whether that was bringing you the online summit or a new subscription box. She's always just so amazing at pulling out the dreams of people. And so obviously we get along great. We're both sevens and I can't wait for you to get to meet her because we have a special partnership to share. So welcome, Kelsey. Holly, I am so excited to be here with you today. Yay. Oh, I'm excited to dive into this. So Kelsey, you are a incredible speaker, writer. You've just launched your new book, what they taught me. So tell us, tell the Horatio Printing family a little bit about your story. Man, well, you know, I'm Kelsey. I'm a Tennessee girl who's been living in Colorado the last few years. And I just released a book called What They Taught Me, Recognizing the Mentors Who'll Take You From Dream to Done. And, you know, this is my first book. I wrote this book because it's basically my life message. If anyone knows me, they know that I love to learn. And then I love to take what I learn and tell every friend I have about that lesson. <laughs> and so I sat down to start writing in this story about Linnell, who's in the first chapter, just flowed out of me. And I didn't expect to write about mentorship. But when that chapter came out of me, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So I am a girl who loves all things women investing in women. And I like to say by day, I'm a digital marketer. And by night, I'm a writer because writing is not my full team, full time thing at the moment. But we're making headway. That's awesome. So <clears throat> I love that you tackled this big dream of writing a book. I know a lot of people have that dream in their heart. And I cannot wait to pick your brain on how you went from dream to done, which P.S. Kelsey has an amazing course called Dream to Done that helps you take your dream to done. Um, and she also has an amazing podcast, the Radiant Podcast. So I'll put all of the ways to connect with um, Kelsey in the show notes, but let's dive into this dream of yours. So tell me when, you know, this dream was really given to you. Sometimes you can pinpoint it. Maybe it's an inkling or you just realized you liked writing, um, but I want to kind of walk through your process of the dream. Yeah. So if there is one dream, you know, I'm like you, I have seven dreams a day. <laughs> if there is one dream that has been consistent in my life since I was a little girl, it's writing. Now dreams take different iterations and different seasons. And so I was mostly just always journaling, but I thought I want to be an author when I grow up. How do I be an author? 
and or how do I become an author? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tears to authors with poor grammar. <laughs> <laughs> how do I become an author? And so I would just write and I would just keep at it and in a sense sharpen and hone my craft. I wasn't intentionally trying to sharpen and hone my craft, but I was just practicing, you know, just right, getting my thoughts down on paper. And I, I tend to process that way as well. As I got a little older, that looked like starting a blog. And I have even these Google Docs from college where I just start writing, Um, or maybe they were Word Docs that I've now imported to Google so that I just always have them. And I thought I was writing the most profound wisdom that ever graced God's green earth and now I look back and I laugh and it's painful but (laughs) I do like to be kind to my younger version of myself because she's doing what she what she could with what she had and so at the end of the day I was just practicing and I had a blog through college again closed that up wrote for a few years and then really hit the ground running about six years ago with a blog with a friend Kindle And we intentionally from the get-go set out to build a brand around this blog. And, you know, one of my goals, and I think hers as well, was to to write books one day. And we knew that we probably couldn't do that with a traditional publisher without an audience. So we just set to work building a proof of concept, putting the work out into the world and building an audience that one day we could show, hey, we have these readers that like our words and maybe they'd pick them up in Barnes & Noble. And we started that six years ago, and here we are today. It's not a short journey, and it's also not linear, but all the hard work was worth it. I love that you have the dream of writing a book six years ago, but it's not like six years ago you were like, I'm going to do a book on mentorship. I mean, it seems like when you sat down to really get your thoughts out and, and, and hardcore go after this dream of writing a book, the book kind of revealed itself. And I think that might be something that holds people back is they're like, well, I know I want to write a book, but I literally like, don't know what it is. It's like, I want to get a tattoo, but I don't know what I want. So I'm like, not going to get one until I'm a hundred percent sure. And I have every single duck in every single row. You know, it seems like you, you let it be what it was and you trusted the process in a way. Yeah. And I think that's my personal creative preference as well. You know, some of my type A linear thinkers might need a little more structure to feel prepared enough to write. But Mm -hmm. for me, I'm pretty abstract and I create out of flow a lot. So my big problem was margin. I had no margin for years and pretty much put my writing dream on a shelf. You know, if I started six years ago and really started working on my book three years ago, year two to three was dry. I had put my writing on a shelf and thought, I may never write again. I ran a magazine for a while and burnt myself out. And because of all the the admin around managing writers and the editing and all of that stuff, I was like, I'm done. I never want to do this. Maybe I, maybe I drove my dream into the ground. But Mm -hmm. once I gave myself some time to rest, I took some significant time off and just took the total pressure off of writing. And then I created a lot of space in my life. The ideas started coming in. And so that tends to be my life lesson. We were literally talking about this before (laughs) the call. All of my best creative endeavors come once I put some margin back into my life, but that requires a lot of discipline for me. But once, once I took some time to rest, I woke up one day and I thought it's time to start writing. I don't know what's going to come out of me, but it feels like it will come versus 
two weeks ago felt more like I'll never write again. So let's just follow the, follow the nudge. Let's talk about margin for a quick minute. Cause I think that's, that's so crucial no matter what your dream is or what you're pursuing um, or just trying to have like a better quality of life period. Right. Or a better spiritual walk or anything. When we say margin or when you say margin, what does that look like practically in your life? So if you're like, you know what? I have to have margin. What does that mean for you? Like, how do you walk that out? Man, that is an ever present quest in my life to figure out what margin looks like in this season. So for me yesterday, I literally sat down and wrote my new daily schedule. My new daily schedule is seven to eight reading and just like 10 minutes of laying on the floor meditating. That is the hardest task I can do. Cause I don't like to be still, but I do like who I am after I'm still. <laughs> and so slow mornings, then I have another window where I walk because I love to walk and that's very grounding and helps my anxiety. And I stack answering all my boxers and voice memos on my walk. So it's also productive because I'm typically boxing with friends in my industry that I'm always peeing ideas off of. The only people I'm doing that with are people that generate new ideas anyway sometimes we talk about life in those boxers but that is a productive use of my time and still fits into my work day 10 to 12 is going to be call time and then um 12 to 1 lunch or walk or just some margin to either get to a co-working space and then one to four is hammer it out time no interruptions no calls that I'm on and off And then at the end of the day, another walk. I know that's a lot of walking, but for me, my mind is constantly spinning. And so I need to get outside, move in my body. I'm stuck in my head Mm. 99% of the time. So I need to get into my body. Like even in therapy, my therapist will be like, what do you feel in your body? And I'm like, nothing. It's all in my head. So my work to do is move my body. Maybe someone's listening Maybe their work to do is to use, get out of their body and use their head a little bit or use their heart. I think we all are wired in different ways. Um, But for me, that's the very practical way. I just created margin because I had a conversation recently with a business coach that was literally like, you're not going to hit your revenue goals unless you create margin. And I was like, okay, so can my margin be my walks where (laughs) I talk on Voxer? And she was like, no. You, you have to do nothing. You literally just told me you pull up a tab and check your email while you're watching Netflix. Like you have to have a window in your time of doing nothing in your day. And I was like, how? <laughs> like meditate, do something. It, it doesn't have to be an hour, but 10 minutes of being still. And so that's where I'm starting, 10 minutes. Maybe I'll work up to like 20 or 30, but 10 is gonna be where I start. Oh, that's so good. Um... We actually just did an episode with Amy Brady, my spiritual director, and she taught on how to create a mini Sabbath in your week. So she does like a mini Sabbath on Wednesdays from like, until she drops off her kids until like noon, she goes to like a little old liturgical church. She'll like, uh, you know, do like a, a yoga breathing session, holy yoga but like, she just builds a little routine, but it can look like whatever you like. Like you could do like a painting session. It could be, you know, I don't know anything you want to do that you enjoy, like your walk plus X plus Y, but like an extended time. And I'm like, that sounds so good. So we've been, 
trying to figure out how to do that. But for me, it's just been like a 15 minute thing, a 30 minute thing where I just kind of like wander and journal in the morning after taking Jane to school. It's, it's hard whenever like you see the momentum of what you're building. Like when you were building your magazine, for example, there was something really exciting about that. And like, you saw all of this, you know, demand and progress and, and success. And you're like, okay, well, this is working. It's so hard to build margin when you see something working or you're not happy where you are, are, you know? Well, and margin is long-term gratification and answering an email with an opportunity is a quick hit. And so I love quick hits of dopamine and accomplishments and checking yeah. things off my list. Like Being it needed. Is so much yeah. easier to get up and tackle my inbox than it is to get up and read because I get a fix out of tackling my inbox. But I like who I am throughout the day better and how I feel if I start slow. So so true. I'm always flipping in and out of doing well with margin and a routine and then jam-packing my day with 16 things to do. (laughs) That's the beautiful thing about margin is it actually gives you the creative space to do. And like, I know for me, like this is actually really, it's really hard to build margin, especially like you said, whenever you're getting the, the validation from your work. Yeah. I mean, I love validation. I'm also OCD. So it's a little compulsion to, you know, check tasks off my task list. It makes me feel safe, safe that my business is going to thrive and be okay. And so (laughs) there's some nuances there. And, and I think being a yes girl, I think we're both yes girls, yep. is such a gift of who we are. And I think sometimes people from the outside looking in might think, wow, how fun to be able to say yes so much. But sometimes the most holy work to do is saying no. And I think, I think depending on who you are, some of you out there have said no for a long time and you're really good and boundaried. And so maybe your work to do is say yes. And maybe some of you busybodies out there your work to do is say no. So it really does matter where you're at in life. And some seasons get to be yes, 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 yes for me. And some seasons are more like, no, I only have my best. Yes. Oof. The best. Yes. I love that. Um, one of the ways I've been building margin lately is deleting social media on the weekends. And that has been life-changing. It literally makes the weekend feel like a vacation. (laughs) I have thought about social media and email for me, even after watching the social dilemma and realizing, oh, I think email is my problem. And they, they designed our Gmail inboxes to be addictive. I didn't realize that. And so I was like, well, I fell, I fell to that trap because that is really my addiction. So I've been thinking about deleting both. Ooh, email. That is a whole new world. Cause I still will like pop into Google. I'll still pop into Voxer. I'll still pop into email, but it's like baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. I'm getting there. So I <laughs> want to dive back into the heart behind your book. And oh, I just absolutely love your book because it's so necessary. You know, sometimes the people in our lives that are designed to be your mentor or what, who you think your mentor should be ends up not being your mentor and um, God's greatest gifts come in the form of people. And, you know, they're, if we open our eyes, we can see the people God has placed in our lives to fill the gaps needed. And um, 
there's so much scripture on mentorship in the Bible. So this, this message is just so beautiful. So tell me a little more about like the heart behind your book. Yeah. So like I said, mentorship is probably my life message. I didn't really know it until it was time to start writing. And then I started reflecting after that first story came out of me. And I thought, man, I, I always have friends say, how did you find a mentor? Where do I find one? Have you ever been rejected by a mentor? And then I realized, oh, I can answer all of these questions. And I've been living it out and practicing it for years and years and years at this point, decades. And so, you know, and, and naturally because of the women who have invested in me and taught me, I've turned around and taught everything I know to the people a few steps behind me in whatever area. Sometimes those people are friends just a few steps ahead of or behind me in a given area. I think we can all go further when we put our heads together and share what we know. And so I look back at my life and there were some gaps. You know, I had a hard family life growing up and I just invited other voices into the table of my life. And as an adult, I still carried those values. Actually, a lot of the family stuff has resolved in a lot of ways, but you know what? I still have a value of inviting voices in for every season I walk through. If I need to grow in my marriage because it's easier for me to work than to show up in relationships sometimes. I'm going to find a marriage mentor. If I need to shift in my business, like where I'm at right now, I'm going to find a business mentor. If I need to grow in my faith, I'm going to find a mentor who can guide me on my faith journey. And so I really believe your mentor does not have to be aligned with you on every single thing you believe under the sun. For all my, my people out there who are married, we know not even our spouses are aligned on every single thing under the sun. Like that's, truly impossible to expect of another human being so your mentor is probably not going to be that either but major on the majors minor on the minors learn what you can from them chew the meat and spit out the bones and apply what works for your life and you will go further together I promise a hundred times over that's so good so how did you find a mentor I know you this is like (laughs) buy the book (laughs) like this the whole point (laughs) yeah you know I always like to say, start with your interests, you know, join a community of people who share your interests. Are you a dreamer? Join Polly's community. Mm-hmm. If you are a knitter, try to find a local knitters group. And, and let me, let me say right now, I know physically meeting people is hard in this season, especially depending on whatever city you live in. It probably looks different than the next city. But if we're talking physically, get involved in a community with shared interests. Do you love Zumba? Do you love hiking? Like join the hikers club locally that meets once a month to go on a hike. And once you join an interest-based group that you, that you value, get to know people. You don't have to walk up to someone and say, will you be my life mentor? We all know on the first date, not to talk about babies, right? Might be coming on a little too strong. So don't talk about babies on the first, like getting to know a new girlfriend, right? And so um, just get to know people and you might get to know them and say, oh, okay, I'm glad I didn't jump the gun. That might not be someone I'd want toward me. But then you might get to know someone and 
think, man, I would love to see if she'd meet with me on a regular basis. Maybe I could take her to coffee like once a month or once a quarter, or maybe, you know, she's a mama and has toddlers and there's no way she's getting coffee at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Maybe I come over and fold laundry with her and just talk and just say, I'd love to like, I love how you live your life. I'd love to learn from you. I'm not trying to be a weirdo. I just want to learn from you. Can we grab coffee? Can I come over and help you with errands? Whatever. So good. And, and those of you listening, like this is extremely important advice for your life. Like if you want to see your life improve, if you want to see yourself growing in success, if you want to take it to the next level in any area of your life, marriage, finance, business, you know, for me, my finances, I needed a mentor. That's why I hired Dave Ramsey. Did he succumb to my house and then we have coffee and full laundry together? No, but we were able, I was able to learn from him, even though it was kind of a virtual learning. Right. But then you have people like a lot of times that class is taught in your church, which is even better because then you actually have a person face to face that can hold you accountable on cutting up your credit cards. Um, but this advice of finding a mentor is more important than you think. It's it's all over the Bible. It's just called wise counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where there is no guidance, a people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is safety." Um, Proverbs fifteen twenty two says, "Without counsel, plans fail." Hear me. Without counsel, plans fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. Um, Proverbs. 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And here's a really good one. Proverbs 27, six, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So sometimes you need someone to give you the hard truth in life and someone that you trust, someone that you put into your trusted circle, right? I, you know, for me in this season, I was like, man, I have a lot of mentors who really love me and they affirm me a lot, which is sweet, mm-hmm. but I need some tough love. And I knew I needed tough love to grow in this season. So I found a new mentor. I actively sought out someone who would kick my butt a little bit. And I really do believe that if you will let people in and invite them into your life for their wisdom and their input, and again, it's still your responsibility responsibility to discern if that input is applicable for you in any given moment but if you invite people in it's not always easy because human connection is never going to be pain-free 100% of the time but it's going to make you grow and make you better so I love those scriptures you picked for that yeah growth that's the big thing if you want to grow you have to get out of your comfort zone finding a mentor you know, being vulnerable, asking for advice, asking for tough love. None of those actions are going to be a walk in the park. If you haven't done them, it's going to be tricky. And so I do want to share with you. So excited. If you're like, I need to read this book. We have the spring box that just launched. And guess what? I was able to put Kelsey's book in the spring box. So if you buy one of our limited edition spring boxes, you're going to get Kelsey's book, you're going to get her radiant journal, which is an amazing thing that she created um, to help her with her routine and her margin. Um, You're going to get her radiant manifesto gold foil print, and you're going to get soap volume four, which is our new soap. And you're going to get that volume for before anyone else does or before it's even released. So 
if you want to grab that, it's in the show notes. I think there's only 75 available. And at the time of this airing, I'm not sure how many are left. So go grab them before they're gone. It's very much a limited edition. We're not doing the subscription box anymore. So get it while you can. Man, I'm so excited about that subscription box. And I always love my soap. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to talk a little more about like, okay, the process of getting a book deal and like what advice you would have. Let's dive into for the last few minutes, like advice you have for people pursuing a dream to write a book. Cause that is a big dream. Um, people can think, okay, linear process. Like I need an agent and then I'm going to like, they're going to pitch it. And then I'm going to get a book deal. And like, like how, how do you actually do that? And what advice do you have for somebody on that journey? Yeah. So first, you know, you're going to want to start writing two solid chapters and just kind of get out of you, pull out the gold within of what would be two solid chapters from this book? Often they do not have to be back to back. Like I submitted my first chapter and like whatever ended up being my seventh or eighth chapter, because those just most easily flowed out of me. And so they were also some of my strongest chapters. Um, And so that's what I submitted. You do not need to write the book in whole to submit to agents or publishers. You actually need to grab a proposal, which you can Google and grab a proposal template off offline. Um, and you're going to basically build like a 40 page marketing plan for your book. And that took me six months, really nine months once my agents got her hand on it. So you're in a long process if you're going a traditional publishing route. Um, People talk about how long and slow it is and they are not kidding. And so, you know, I would start with your chapters. And then for me, like I said earlier, I'm not a linear thinker. So my, my best friend came over who is the most type A person I know and pulled an outline out of my head because I could not seem to get an outline on paper. So maybe you need to invite some friends to the to the table to help you get this concept because I knew it was in there. I just didn't know how to say it. I was never the person who created an outline for their papers in college. Like I was the person who started at the middle paragraph and worked my way up and down. (laughs) And so I really needed some help with an outline because that is required in a proposal. Then I would recommend checking out Michael Hyatt's guide to pitching to agents. Every agent has a different route to connect with them. For instance, one agent I pitched to had a requirement of you put this subject line in the email and if it doesn't have this exact subject line, it goes straight to trash. Like we don't even open it. That was their way of weeding out people who didn't even read their website. And so every agent has different requirements and you wanna pitch to about five at a time. You might think you wanna pitch to 30 at a time, but what happens is if you get 30 yeses which is unlikely but could happen and they all want you to rework your proposal at the same time in 30 different ways you're in trouble so you want to do five wait six weeks if you hear nothing agents will either get back to you or not respond at all and then you'll pitch to five more until you get a yes from an agent from there they handle the publishing side and really agents are the gatekeepers Every once in a while, you hear of someone with a story of bypassing an agent and going straight to the publisher, but that's usually, you know, someone with a million followers. And so normal people typically have an agent. They serve as their advocate, their gatekeeper, and that is just part of the journey. 
And then one thing I will just practically say to anyone listening, and this is the bane of writers and creatives existence, but build your email list, get yourself on podcasts and build your following. That is not the fun answer, but the reality is, as a publisher is your business partner and they are assessing your numbers because they want to make sure when they say yes to you, even if you have a great message that your book will sell, because if it doesn't sell, they're in the hole. And so I think that creatives hate that. No one becomes an author to grow their Instagram following, but I promise it will open up opportunities. And a lot of days, some of the best writers I know have a harder time getting a book deal because they did not focus on their platform at all. And you can have the best words to ever grace God's green earth, but no proof of concept for a publisher that you can sell it to an audience. And I'm sorry, they're not going to take it nine out of 10 times. There are the occasional lucky ones who get a deal without a following, but I would just go ahead and do the work on the front end before you get turned away because of numbers. Mm, that's so good. And, and that is some tough love, guys. This is you getting some tough love from your new mentor, Kelsey Chapman. <laughs> but seriously, and that's, you know, you said you built the marketing plan in six months. Well, <clears throat> just know if it takes you longer than six months to build, that's okay. Because actually Kelsey's a marketing guru. Like that is what she <laughs> is like graced at is just like, just so many great ideas and avenues. And I mean, that is Kelsey, you, you have a real gift with marketing and words. And, you know, if you get hung up on the idea of, I don't want to grow a platform. Well, you got to grow proof of concept. Okay. When you're, when you're creating a product, you need proof of concept. And so that's exactly what um, working on your platform is nurturing the people that that are going to show up at Barnes and Noble and buy your book right? And you want to be giving them the stuff that they need. And maybe that looks like um, growing an Instagram following. Maybe that looks like starting a podcast, you know, because it's tough to grow an audience on Instagram. You know, maybe you're like, I'm actually really better at just like talking and talking about the concepts that I'm a, you know, I really enjoy that I would write in a book. Well, maybe your avenue is like, yes, work on your Instagram, but maybe like you need a different evergreen avenue of starting a podcast, you know, so, um, there's all different ways to do it and you probably need a mentor to help you in the journey. So, um, be sure to follow Kelsey Chapman and stay on her journey because she is a wealth of knowledge, obviously you guys. So thank you so much for being here, Kelsey. Is there any final advice you want to share with a dreamer that has a dream to write a book or any advice you give to your younger self? Man, I would say stop waiting on yourself to be perfect or to, air quotes, arrive before you start building your dream. Because Polly and I are going to let you in on a little secret. You never feel like you arrive. We all deal with imposter syndrome. We all deal with, oh, I just, maybe it's not ready yet. Maybe I'll just fiddle with it a little more before I put it out in the world. And I think that holds us back from really ever stepping into our dreams in general, much less writing a book. These are our words. This is our life message we're putting on paper, but you have to put it out there. And I promise you, it will have plenty of time to get edited up, down and sideways along the way. And so just start before you're ready. So good. Thank you so much for pouring into the dreamers. I had so much fun dreaming with you and 
um, just really, really thankful. And if you want to connect with Kelsey, make sure you check out the show notes. Also make sure you grab a spring box before they are gone. And that's it. Thanks so much, Kelsey. Thanks for having me, Polly. Thanks for listening to the Dream Planning Podcast. I'm so glad you were here today. And if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a quick 30-second review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I read every single one, and it is such a blessing to get to hear how this has landed on your heart. You can also share it on social media, share it with a friend. And I want to make sure that you know you are invited to dream again and take the Dream Crafting course. We just launched this course in the Horatio Printing Academy. You can find more at www.thedreamerinyou.com. Have a wonderful day. You are so loved, and I truly believe the best is yet to come.